Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Venture Property Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Um, we've been carrying on this month's theme of finance and property, and we've had some really exciting and interesting interviews this month. And today, I think, is going to be absolutely no exception. So today, we are sponsored, as always, by the Real Estate Slackers, which is a free Slack group that me and John Corey have created. You can get access to that at realestateslackers.com. And this week, I have a very successful young man who I've had the pleasure of sitting on a couple of panels with. And his name is Rob Wilkinson from the site Crowd With Us. Now, I call Rob Blue Eyes. And if anyone has seen a photo of him, you'll know exactly why. He is a very smooth man uh, and a very successful man. So, hi, Rob. How are you doing today? Um, very well, thank you, Ryan. Uh, thanks for, for all the uh, compliments. It's been a while since I've been called young man, so that's uh, very good. I didn't know. I, sa- I was talking to Sarah, my partner, this morning, and I said, I'm going to drop blue eyes in there. And she was like, don't you dare. And it just made me want to do it even more. So. I won't, I won't hold it against you. I've been called worse things. Yeah. Well, it's quite nice, isn't it? Um, do you want to delve into what you used to do before property because you have got a pretty exciting story of your life that uh, that I quite want to hear a bit more about. Uh, okay, um, well, I, 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 th- I don't think the interview would uh, would be the same if I, if I didn't tell you that I, I started off, I used to have a job in a, in a, in a calendar factory, but I, I got the sack because I took a couple of days off. <laughs> And then, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Do you know what? There's going to be people listening to this now, just laughing at that. That is amazing. What a way to start! Well, well, there, there, there we are. No, I, I, uh, I was signed up to do my my A levels all those uh, many years ago, and uh, I, actually, my mum introduced me to to a, a friend of hers, husband, who was a, a ship's captain. And I went round their house for a, for a dinner one evening, and he told me all his salty sea stories. And, and from that moment on, I was I was hooked because I realised that there was a possibility that I didn't have to go back to school for a couple of years, yeah. uh, or for the next couple of years, and uh, I could travel the world. So I I wrote off to about uh, 120 companies. Um, most of them were were handwritten letters. So that took quite a while, and uh, they I think out of 120 companies, uh, um, the ones that did did write back. They, they all said, come back once you've finished your A-levels. And a week before I was supposed to start, uh, one company replied and said, come for an interview. So I thought I've got nothing to lose. And a week later, they offered me the job. Wow. So at uh, the, the young old age of 16, I went to uh, what's now the Southampton, uh, Southampton University uh, to uh, Warsash Maritime Academy and started uh, a scholarship known in the industry as a, as, as a cadetship. That took three years, and at the end of that, um, in the interim, so I was, it was a sandwich course. So you do so many months at sea, and then so many months uh, back at, uh, at university and, and, and so on over the three-year period. So uh, by the age of, um, of 1920, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd traveled around uh, most, most of the world already. And uh, I qualified as a navigator, and for a, a, a cable and wireless, uh, who, as, a, as a cable laying company, as a navigator driving their ships all around the world. So, so I have a commercial ticket, so cruise ships, container ships, that type of thing. 
And I think at the age of 22, I was made redundant. And being fairly young and uh, getting a quite an interesting sort of sizable uh, payoff, I went on holiday for six months, spent the, the whole lot, and then suddenly thought to myself, ah, I need a job now. And I, um, a friend of mine was working in the yachting industry and he said, you should try this out. So I flew down to uh, Monaco and uh, yeah, went, went, for, went uh, to walk around all the, all the yachts and, and agencies. And about a month later, I was employed as navigator stroke uh, dive officer on a, on a fleet of, uh, of three yachts uh, for a senior member of the Saudi royal family. Whoa, what a jet set life. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty good fun, pretty interesting. And uh, so I did that for, I think, three or four years. And I went back to, back to school, uh, back to sea school, did my chief officer's ticket, my, my first officer, whatever you want to call it, and then progressed to, uh, to a larger yacht which um, was, was for, uh, for someone who was formerly the, the world's richest man. And it, at the time, it was the world's largest privately owned yacht. And, and, and whilst I was there, I, I uh, sat my Master Mariner Unlimited, which is the ship's captain ticket. So, uh, yeah, I have a license, a driver's license for any size ship in the world. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, in the meantime, I've... Uh, I've met some uh, some pretty interesting uh, and influential people. So, what kind of so already by sort of 1920, you'd already travelled most of the world. What kind of um, advantage do you think that gives you now? Well, I've uh, I've been uh, yeah some pretty interesting situations. Uh, I've been, <laughs> been held at knife point, at gunpoint, and things like that. To, uh, to being at sea in, in hurricane force winds. And um, I, I, think, I, th I think you have two types of education. You have your academic education and you have your worldly education. And I think uh, they, they both have their place, but there's a, there's a, there's a, a big benefit in, um, yeah, in, in, in being worldly, having, uh, I mean, it can be anything from understanding how different cultures work, different religions to, yeah, to, to, to risk management, risk assessment, and, and how you, uh, um, yeah, can, can, yeah. And, and also in the, the types of people that I've, that I've dealt with, I think I'm pretty good at, uh, at not, yeah, networking, but, but uh, you can put me in any situation. I, I can be speaking to, to some uh, homeless person in a, in a third world country or uh, the, yeah, second line to the throne in Saudi Arabia doesn't it's uh, I can get on with both. Yeah, so obviously you picked up quite a lot of skills over that that whole sort of period of your life, and I think for me recently I've started looking back over those last few years, and I can highlight oh actually you know I've learned so much from those things, and you've got a significant amount of experience in a short space of time, and picked up a lot of skills. What was it like hanging around with, um, with like, obviously billionaires? Yeah, certainly, certainly interesting. But it's 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 like it's like any job. You are being in any situation. Initially, it can be uh, feel almost overwhelming, and yeah, you, you become starstruck. And some of the people you meet, but but then you. Um, yeah, it just it just becomes it's another day. They're they're, they're normal people. 
and uh, yeah, it's uh, you just get on with it. They're, they're like everybody else, and obviously you have to show certain people uh, uh, respect, but you should be showing everyone respect. So it's not it's not really uh, yeah any different. Hmm. Now, you're probably one of the only people I know who's actually had time with a billionaire. Um, what do you think then sets billionaires apart from the rest of us? Because we're all obviously entrepreneurial and we have those instincts, but what what sort of sets them apart, do you think, in your opinion? Sorry to put you on the spot there. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's a very good question. I think that you're, nev- you're never going to meet someone that's more driven, more focused, and has more belief in, in what they're doing at that particular time with the, the, the venture that they're, they're, um, yeah, they've been involved in. But, uh, but to the extent that nothing else uh, matters, so, so that, that would be the only priority in their life and everything else would be second. Uh, that, that can come, that, that means that, that uh, for, for the time that you're doing that, um, I mean, I'm talking from a business perspective, yeah. Uh, that, 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 yeah. The you become it becomes your your, your sole focus. So, yeah. Any 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 other kind of activity would you, you, they they might sleep for uh, three or four hours um, if, if if that, and uh, they're doing it up until they go to bed, and it's the first thing they do when they wake up, and and that's that. That's how driven they are. Jeez. And um, I was going to say something else then as well, but oh yeah, and and they, and they never stop working. So all the boats, uh, all the, the ships that I was working on, they, they, they may have these, uh, these beautiful luxury, uh, maybe yachts, super yachts, but they're, they're doing business um, day in, day out. So all the um, guests uh, that, that come on board, um, I guess they'd be friends and acquaintances, but uh, it's, um, then it's, it's all about networking, creating relationships. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, I've always been a, there's that famous uh, saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with mm. and um, seeing, seeing how these, these, these people operate, I can, I can see that's, the, that's definitely the case. How did that kind of uh, environment and everything that you'd learned and experienced going up to there rub off on you then? Uh, well, I'd like to think it, it rubbed off positively. Um, I think I think it can go one of one of two ways. In the industry I was in, it's it, obviously the amount of money they've got. Money is is no object, so mm. it is very materialistic. And uh, I mean, uh, I was trying to think of a, of a. I've paid I've paid lunch bills, uh, in uh, in restaurants in the south of France, uh, 30, 40, 40,000 um, for lunch. And, and uh, stuff like that, or or an evening out where you'd you'd, you'd possibly spend more, and that, but that was a regular thing. So so you can become some some people you can, you can uh, get dragged into it, and uh, they say uh, um, yeah, and and have a very materialistic outlook on life. So you have people that be in the industry for a number of years, and, and you get paid pretty well, and they'll come out with nothing other than uh, quite a nice collection of fine watches and sunglasses type of thing. And then you've got the, uh, the, the, the other side of it where the, 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 they haven't, they, they've realized um, what, what's needed and they've, they've invested wisely and they come out um, yeah, with, with either, a, like I did, uh, yeah, a, good, a very good idea and um, yeah, a reasonable asset base to, to support you. 
what was the decision then that prompted you to to leave that world because obviously you're not in that world anymore well uh, i've, I've uh, if, if we re- rewind a number of years being, being yeah. i was i was actually i bought my first house in in london when i was very young uh, around 2021 20, and that that was in the days when i actually think i put the deposit for that one that one for, my, for that first property on my credit card wow um, when you could do that, and I did that yeah. for, for the for the next three or four, I believe. Um, and you 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 do that, and the bank no one ever asked where the deposit money come from, and then you'd um, yeah rent the property out, or I did the, the the rental income paid off the credit card within a year, and then I went on to do the next one, and the two of them would pay off, and then et cetera, et cetera, until they they, they that, that was no longer an option. Mm. So uh, I was doing that. I was because I only ever worked. Um, six months of the year so you generally do 10 weeks on 10 weeks off three months on three months off yeah. so i get bored very easily so i, I love traveling but but um i also like to be busy and i've, I've always had a had a, a love for property so i was doing refurbs flips i built my own house in in kent which is uh, which is where i am now and then i just got involved with uh, i met thomas uh, nust i think you might have met at the yeah uh, Development Summit and uh, Tor Portes, who's my business partner. I met them at, uh, um, on a course and I started uh, doing, doing deals and, uh, with them and developments and, and raising finance. And at the time, we were raising money from family, friends and, and acquaintances. This was pre-2014 when obviously this, this was, was a done thing. And it's probably how most uh, developers that have been around for a few years uh, started out. And, and then we found ourselves in the not too unusual situation where we, this was, bear in mind this was in the recession, where we had access to, uh, to a lot more properties than we did private investor cash. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd read somewhere and heard and uh, tore the same about this interesting new crowdfunding concept. And I actually introduced uh, Tor to Robert, who's the, the, the other business partners, three of us, three co-founders, at my wedding in uh, in Iceland, and Whoa. and um, we we all kind of came together and said we'd like to do something. So Rob had, Robert has a has a background in internet marketing and computer programming, and uh, so he's the IT brains, and uh, Tor and I uh, do everything else. But we we naively thought it'd take about three months to set up, and uh, two, just over two years later we were good to go. So. so Two yeah. whole years. So do you want to take us right back to the start of that two-year process? What was the, the thought around of doing it? Why did, you, why did you want to do the website? And what were some of the obstacles? Because you strike me as a man that if an obstacle is in your way, you are tenacious and you're just going to, you're going to do what it takes to get past that obstacle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think we, we had to be that way. But if, if, to be honest, I think we've, we've all had the, the three founders, we've all had this conversation. If we actually knew what would be involved from the outset, I'm not sure that we'd have actually gone ahead with it. It's just that, as you said, we, we, were, we were committed and uh, we've got this far. So, um, yeah, sod it, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll carry on. As, uh, uh, yeah, as Richard Branson always says, screw it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we, well, it was very new, and, and this was so we, we incorporated in October 2014, and we've probably been talking about it for a month or two before that. Uh, yeah. And this this was 
this was new to, to everyone, even even the FCA. So um, as 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 we were building the business, it was becoming regulated, and so as we were as we were overcoming one obstacle, there'd be another one in our way which we had to jump over. Mm. And and we don't come from a, from a finance background, so in the in the meantime, we had to uh, we had to sit all the FCA exams, uh, so that and uh, sitting there with all the bankers in uh, in in London studying for that. All of our website had to be regulated. We ourselves had to be regulated. Um, as uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite an interesting process. That sounds like a really tough process i don't think it'd be one that i would do to be honest with you um to get to get regulated um at all so hats off to you for that so then you decided to go through all of that and then you created the website what's the website called for those of you for those listeners who uh haven't yet been on it yeah yeah the website is crowdwithus.london crowdwithus.london and what what sets you guys apart then on that website? Uh, what sets us apart? So we we have two models. We have debt and um, as in loan notes and equity crowdfunding. We prim- primarily, as I as I said earlier on, we we started the website to raise funds for our own projects. Um, that's what we spent the majority of, uh, of of last year doing. So we we were started trading. We had our, put our own projects up basically checking that uh, uh, all the wheels uh, moved in the right direction and, and everything, and also onboarded an equity investor. So we, we sold a, a share in our company for um, uh, yeah, a rather uh, generous uh, six-figure sum. And, and uh, the goal, what we've realized is, is that we've got something, as, as you, just, you just mentioned earlier on, that, uh, that, that other people, other developers in, in a similar situation need. In that we 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 can uh, we can provide the regulatory um, uh, cover for, for for their deals, um, and, and check and check that uh, that 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 everything is is uh, that you're complying in order to uh, to accept uh, retail funds. So so this year our focus is on working with other developers and onboarding them to the platform in order to 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 assist them in uh, yeah in, in in doing everything legitimately and uh, and raising funds. Hmm. what i really like about what you've just said there is that you basically did this to stay fca compliant with your own deals so you put your own deals through the website to like iron out the kinks because websites are tough and they're notoriously they have bugs and all these kind of different things but you guys actually were your own beta testers and used it um so do you think that that's given you guys a distinct advantage because you've been on both sides of the fence. You've been the user of the website as well. Uh, you yeah, well, uh, definitely. I, I think there's there's a couple of points there. First of all, we we have our own in-house tech. So we, as I said, Robert is a is a programmer, but we've also uh, uh, got Patrick, who's uh, who's a programmer, and we have uh, we have Yagoda is our designer, and so we have all our own in in in-house team. So if, if, if you as a developer make, uh, we, we, for us, it's all about customer service. We want the, 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 the system to be as easy as possible for, for, for you as the developer and, and, and um, for, for Joe Blogs as the investor. So if you make any recommendation to us, 
then then uh, are you could could you possibly is there anything you could do to make this easier? Then we can uh, we can go away, we can uh, re reprogram it, and and then we can deliver. And it's yeah, it's all about being uh, customer service orientated. Um, but on the on the other hand, we we come from a property property background and a deal making background, so we understand. Uh, how they work we understand that what what you as a developer has to, has to go through and obviously want to make it as as painless uh, and as easy as possible mm. yeah that's a really good point and i like that i mean everything that i've got multiple websites and the customer service thing you make it as easy as possible if you confuse them you will lose them um just keep it really straightforward and do you know what they are the best most simplest websites to to use and run as well um, and they're the ones that end up getting you a loyal following of fans what is it rob then about property that attracts you why why do you like it so much um why do i like property so much and not because you get to share a panel with me sometimes in my shorts yeah well they're going to get the wrong idea we're talking about you and your shorts and my blue eyes i know <laughs> Um, what, what do I like about property? Uh, I'm, I'm quite a creative person. I, I like um, I like building things. Um, in uh, in my in my other life uh, at, at sea, we we used to do, my my favourite time is also the refits. Um, yeah. So so whenever the every every uh, couple of years the the ship would go in for a refit uh, to a shipyard that could be if it was for a full paint job that could be up to six months. And and uh, there could be yeah, some some full full yeah rebuilds on certain things and project management every day. You've got uh, you can have up to sixty crew. You can have up to three hundred people in the shipyard and and managing everything and bringing it all together and 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 working in teams. I always really that was always the, the one of the most favourite parts of the job for me. Mm. So so and to be honest, uh, maybe the materials may be different, but. Doing, doing, uh, working in a in, 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 from a construction point of view in a shipyard to to doing um, you know, construction on, on 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 property, the 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 management side of it and and then organisation and and the creative side of it and, and thinking outside the box. Okay, this is a bit. This is not going to be as simple as we first thought. How how can we how can we think think around this to to make it work? Um, I like problem solving. So so yeah, you know, if that kind of answers your question, that that's that's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's, I think property gives you all of those all of those things. Plus, it's it's not um, it's it's a physical. Yeah, it is bricks and mortar. It's a physical uh, something that you can see and touch. And yeah, mm. I think that's a great answer. I think that encompasses a lot of why we're all sort of in property. We like that hands-on. We like getting involved. I mean, my favourite part of any development that that we've ever done is when it is being bashed about. I hate them when they're finished. I absolutely hate them. You know, I like the plaster on the walls when it's drying, the the framework yeah. up. Oh, I love all of that. Take, and and it's, take take something uh, in a very poor state of repair or very ugly and and, and make it beautiful again is uh, yeah, is quite rewarding. But but yeah. as far as the, the bashing around, when I actually um, uh, built uh, my own house, I bought a tipper truck, and uh, and I, I went in with uh, with um, a, a big a big uh, hammer and knocked the house down, shoveled it into the back of my tipper truck and, and drove it to uh, to the quarry. That took, a, that took a couple of weeks, but that was very rewarding. 
<laughs> I don't think I'll do that again now, though. <laughs> no way. Why would you not do that now? <laughs> because I'm older and wiser. But at the time, yeah. it's not a good idea. I know that I've started the last few few weeks for me. I get up in the morning and it's like, oh, I'm just, my shoulders are tight. I take a while to get going, like arms loosening up and stuff. It's just... You need, you need, a, you need a good physio. <laughs> very smooth you are very smooth oh man i like that you've done your homework haven't you but for, for those of you that, that don't know ryan is a physio he's obviously yeah. not 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 uh not giving himself uh, enough attention no well that's the problem as the physios are the worst ones there was a study done and it wasn't that long ago and it was something like 86 percent of physios are the worst offenders when it comes to training with injuries because they just don't care. They just don't, they think they know better, you know? Yeah, I think, I think there's a similar survey on doctors and, and uh, illnesses. Yeah, just make awful patients, even though yeah. we know, you know what you should be doing and you know what you're doing is completely wrong. It's just like, ah, I'm going to do it anyway because I'll be all right. I'll be that one that's, that's fine. Um, one of the questions then that interests me actually, just, just chatting to you is, do you still keep in touch with some of the old network then from the from the boating days and being a ship's captain uh yeah 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 definitely um yeah regularly on yeah facebook calls if they if they pop into london um mm. then uh, then yeah we we'll meet up for a, for a, for a coffee or a drink or something of course it's mm. good do they have um do they then still have an impact on on you and your business like are they sort of slightly can you use them as a mentor or if you have an issue with something I mean it sounds like to be honest you overcome a lot of things anyway and I wouldn't want to get in your way um, but do you have like a mentor or somebody who you can go to and ask questions to and uh, learn from yeah yeah I, uh, I, I think that's incredibly important if and that's one thing I've always done is yeah. in whatever I've been doing, if, if, if I've wanted to, to go out and do something, I, I do tend to jump in feet first, but I'll always source somebody that's, that's been there, done that, and, um, and, and hound them as, as, as much as possible uh, where you can. And uh, if not, be, be, be really uh, on it and, and until they, they accept you into the fold and, um, or under their wing. And uh, yeah, no, I, think that's, I think that's very important. I think, and, and, and that's one thing, when you ask me what have I learned from, from being surrounded by those kind of people, I, I, I would say that even at the very top, they, that, that's still, they still have their, their uh, group of advisors and, and maybe even mentors. Mm. And, and that's, yeah, that's something that's very important. What you'd, obviously, it's much easier to learn from someone else's uh, mistakes and to leverage from their experience than, than, than to make your own. Yeah, and then also it's that, network if they like you and you're in included in sort of their mini group or just underneath them then they will more likely to introduce you to people who are going to be able to help you as well exactly uh, i think that one of the sort of themes that really runs through through not just your interview that everybody's interview who i've spoken to who is successful um is that it's that tenacity you know we're in a world where there's a lot of knockbacks and you've just got to literally keep it seems to be the people that can have that belief in themselves and you touched upon it with the billionaires um have that belief in themselves and can pick themselves up and keep going they're the ones that actually 
keep going and, and do pull the deals. Would you agree with that? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, if, if, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. That's what they say, isn't it? Yeah. You are a smooth man. You are. The more I speak to you, the smoother you get. You're giving uh, Alex HG a run for his money. <laughs> I think I've got a while to go yet, though. Uh, I don't know. I think it's slightly as smooth I'm, as I'm, 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 I'm funnier. <laughs> yeah, you are. Have you got any more jokes? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Did, I don't want to lower the tone. Well, is, is comedy like a big, a big thing for you? Do you really... Is it like a huge part of your personality? Uh, I, I think so. I think it's, 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 a, it's a good way to, to build rapport. And, and plus, uh, I think some of the, some of the situations that, that, that I've, I've found myself in over the years when it could be a bit stressful when you're looking after a, a team of people and whatnot, if you make light of the, it doesn't matter how bad the situation is, if you can make light of it, then it, it, it lightens the mood and it makes everything run much smoother. Mm. I get that from you as well. And I get you're a very calm person as well. So which I suppose you need to be. Um, being in some of the situations you've been, have you always been very calm or has that come through experience of being in the situations that you've been in? Um, is, I don't know, really. I guess, I guess uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've also, yeah, I believe this, the, the job that I did and, and the environment that I, that I was in, obviously you, you, you have to learn uh, yeah, when you when the when you're driving around uh, a five hundred million dollar <laughs> yacht, then uh, yeah, and going through uh, congested waterways and uh, and and whatnot, or yeah, the weather gets bad. You've, you know, there can be a whole whole host of of, of things that can happen. You, yeah, you you have to. It doesn't the, the stressing's not going to solve anything because there's nobody you can call. You just mm. uh, you just got to get on with it. Mm. I think that's a that's one of the things that I firmly believe in as well. I try to take emotion out of pretty most decisions, to be honest, because it like it just it will just stress stress me out. So by not reacting to my initial instinct um, enables me to think clearer, um, and then actually as a result of that, most times make the right decision. Um, no, no, definitely. Anyway. And, and and it's good. One of the things I've I've always tried to do, not not always uh, uh, um, as easy as you like, but is is challenge yourself. If something makes you feel uncomfortable, then it's yeah. good. That that uncomfortableness is it, it can, can be, you can turn it into a strength. Yeah. Whereas a lot I, a lot of people will uh, will walk away from that. Yeah, that's a really key point for everybody listening. The the fact that if you do feel uncomfortable and you challenge yourself with that, you then when you overcome that it just gives you so much momentum and so much belief and confidence in yourself. The only thing that I won't do that I know does make me feel uncomfortable is be around spiders. And I don't ever think I want to try and tackle that fear, to be honest. Oh, man. Ryan, you've, you've, you've just given away your, your biggest weakness to the wrong person. Why? What are you going to do now? Well, there's just... I'm not going to tell you, am I? But... Uh... One day, maybe you get a nice surprise. <laughs> oh, right, great. Well, you know what, actually, once when uh, I, I'm i the calmest person ever, but I would literally see red for spiders. And we was, um, 
I was at Sheffield United once physioing and um, one of the footballers there, I won't mention any names, but he had a spider, a tarantula, and he brought the spider in that had shed its skin and showed it to one of the youth players. Oh my God, honestly, I like, I genuinely, I would have done time if that would have been me. Like, <laughs> genuinely would have done time. Just got, I, I was across the room and went mental um, for it. So yeah, that's... Um, okay, well, I, might have to, I might have to think that one a bit, bit more carefully though. Yeah, don't do that to me. That would no, be really cruel. You would, you would lose your really nice man status, wouldn't you then? <laughs> and I would just make it my life's mission to get you back. Um, every time Brendan gets me on stage, I would just be, it would just be fun for you. But you have seen then a lot of deals and a lot of proposals. What for you makes a deal investable? When you're looking at a deal, what makes it investable for you? What kind of things do you look for? What kind of things? Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, tough question. I know. No, no, but it, it's it, it could be a, a whole a whole host of things. Um, for for us, as I said, we our speciality is or our niche is in distressed deals, mm-hmm. and and I think the yeah you make your money on the day you buy the property with uh, with a, with a lot of well you you should. So, so you want to have some some kind of inbuilt equity or or a plan from day one. So, you, so with us, for example, with uh, bankruptcies, repossessions, uh, we're generally buying at a discount and uh, adding value straight away from the refurb. So, from day one, when that when that house is uh, is, is when the refurb's complete, there's an inbuilt equity, which could uh, which could ride uh, quite comfortably a, a reasonable downturn in the market. Say if there's a fifteen twenty percent already built in, so uh, so that was something that would uh, that would attract us. Uh, plus any any potential uh, gain that you can uh, you can value add to the property. So I've mentioned refurb, but if there was potential to add an extra story, or um, we we bought a property in Amersham, and that had or uh, well, that has planning permission it's an end of terrace property and it's got planning permission to build another end of terrace on the uh, on the side and the when the the sellers of the of the initial property they they, they applied for the planning thinking uh, that once that got, got through that would add considerable value to to their property and uh, unfortunately when they they there was on the market for a couple of years when they came to sell it it was uh, the it was realized that there was a covenant on the land saying that you couldn't build it, couldn't build a property. So although they had planning permission to build a house, they couldn't actually, um, which was a, a bit of a, a shock to them. So we managed to buy that, that property at a good price with, with, with the planning that's uh, in place. And we've, we've also got a good, it's, it's a very old covenant. So we've got a good covenant uh, lawyer and he's in the process of, of having that removed. So we, we, we uh, so as I said, that was on the market for a couple of years. So we, we, we like to look at interesting angles on the, on the properties. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so anything, uh, any, anything like that. Mm. It sounds very, very much like a lot of the, the other really good people I speak to about when they're, they're finding their deals, you know, protecting the downside, you're looking where you can add value um, and you're creating the deal. Um, I'm this big believer in 
deals have to be created. You know, they don't just land in your lap perfectly. You have to put the work in to if, create the deal. If if it lands in your lap perfectly, there's there's something wrong with it. Exactly. Uh, I'm so glad you said that. Um, it's all about the edge and how you can add that. Um, and that's really good for you to say as well for the listeners if they're thinking about loads of different deals. It's just a couple of things for them to to think about. Um, so I'm going to move on to my questions that I ask everybody towards the end of the podcast. And the first one is, when you think of the word successful, who's the first person who comes to mind and why? Uh, the, the, the first, the first, when I, I've, I've always been, uh, yeah, when I was very young, I, I got given the Richard Branson's book, Losing My Virginity. And yeah. I remember whenever, it, my, my, my dad was always a big fan of, uh, of uh, Mr. Branson. So whenever, uh, whenever he was on TV and then when he was doing the, the Atlantic crossings and his balloon flights and, and, and whatnot. It's uh, yeah, I read his book and I thought, wow, this, this is a guy, he has an idea and he just goes for it. And I've, I've always, uh, yeah, love, love that. And uh, I've actually met him a couple of times and uh, he's, he's even nicer in person. Whoa. That was going to be my question to you. I was going to say, have you met him? I have. And uh, I was on the, as I said, mentioned earlier on, you have to show people with a, a, an element of, uh, of, 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 of respect. So I said, uh, uh, good morning, uh, Sir Branson, and or Sir Richard, I think I said, and uh, and he said no, it's just Richard, and <laughs> I said no, just call me Richard. I was like, okay, perfect. Wow, yeah, yeah really, nice, really nice. I love talking to you because you have access to that world, or had access to that world that we all fantasize about, and you know. I think now businessmen are the new rock stars anyway. Every, every single person these days wants to be an entrepreneur and, you know, those kind of people are, people are rock stars. So, number two, what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you? Well, other, other than, than that one that's, <laughs> uh, that I mentioned, um, and also Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if, and if, if you're relatively new, into any kind of uh, business or property, I'd definitely recommend uh, reading that. But uh, but have you read the uh, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson? I haven't. No. I think that's um, yeah, that's 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 an amazing book to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, that's I have a habit of um, whenever I read a book, anything that stands. I always read a book with a highlighter. Mm, so anything that stands out I highlight it and if you go through this book I might as well just have not highlighted it because pretty much every page is highlighted it's, I think uh, I'll, uh, I, yeah I've read it three or four times I think it's it's it's, it's uh, yeah a very very good book Jeff Olson The Slight Edge right well what I'll I don't know if you know but anybody listening hopefully will know what I do now starting from the last month was I ask this question to absolutely everybody. And um, then when I post these podcasts up on Facebook, if you share the link, you basically get entered into the competition. And then at the end of the month, I randomly pick one person to send every single one of those books that people like you who have been kind enough to come on the interview have said has pretty much changed their life or is their key book. So to get a chance to win that free book, all you need to do, and the rest of the books from this month, is to share this, um, this podcast. So the last question, 
What is the worst advice you see or hear in the property world? A very interesting question. Um, what is the worst advice you see or hear in the property world? From, from a regulatory standpoint, i.e. We're, we're an FCA approved company, and as a, there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people, novices or people new to the, um, I say to the property industry, that, 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 that want some help or they don't quite understand how it works and they'll say, I, I see it on the, in a lot of Facebook groups, I've got 20 grand, I've got 100 grand, um, what should I do with it? And there's a lot of people that are, that'll be touting their deals all over Facebook saying, uh, I've got this deal here, I can pay you X amount percentage return on, on it, um, yeah, IM me for more information or they'll be putting all their... Uh, the, the, the info on their deals or, or, or similarly they were saying I've got this deal I can pay this much money if if you're interested that's that's actually illegal that's um, something that's uh, that, that we really shouldn't be doing um, so so yeah just to just to cover yourselves um, and if you've got any questions if anyone's listening has got any questions about that I can um, I'm happy to um, yeah answer them if you want to send them uh, to me or uh, what not? I'm on Facebook, um, but but yes, yeah, just 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 to be careful. I think uh, of what you're what you're advising other people or inviting them to do. I think that's a very good point there, and um, I'd just like to take this time as well, Rob, to thank you for taking some time out of your day to uh, to come on this podcast and tell some incredible jokes. Um, if people who have listened to this have liked what they have heard from you and they maybe they want to see pictures of, of you so they can see these blue eyes. Where can people get in touch with you? <laughs> um, such a way with words. I'm on, I'm on Facebook, uh, on our website, crowdwithus.london, uh, Instagram. My uh, email address, if anyone's interested, is rob.wilkinson at crowdwithus.london. Cool. And you have Instagram as well? I do. Oh, wow. What kind of things do you put on your Instagram then? Um, property related, really, business. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything that, I, that I find uh, particularly interesting. It's kind of, it, yeah, I like to keep it quite creative, not, not, too, uh, not too dry. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So I'm going to let you go now, Rob, but thank you for coming on. I think I, I know you anyway, and I loved doing that interview i think you you gave some really really good insights so thank you for coming on no thank you for having me